If you like speedrunning the newest release or binging every episode the second it drops, then why are you waiting for all your news? Check out IGN's updated Games and Entertainment News Podcast. We're dropping new episodes in your feed all day to keep you up to date the minute there's a new announcement. Find IGN Games and Entertainment News wherever you listen. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take a fresh look at the road ahead for electric-powered commercial vehicles. Over the past few years, we've seen manufacturers introduce the first wave of electric truck models, and a select number of those vehicles are already on the road hauling freight. But how soon will electrification truly take hold in trucking, and in what applications? And what are the obstacles that early adopters will need to overcome? I set out to answer those questions at CES 2020 in Las Vegas, which featured several zero-emission truck prototypes. PACCAR showcased battery electric Kenworth and Peterbilt models at the show, while truck leasing and logistics company Rider System had the hydrogen electric Nikola 2 tractor on display at its exhibit. During the event, I spoke with several subject matter experts from those companies to get their insights into how electric vehicles will enter the trucking industry. A bit later in the program, you'll hear from Chris Nord, Senior Director of Advanced Vehicle Technology and Energy Products at Ryder. But we'll begin with my conversation with Peterbilt Chief Engineer Scott Newhouse. Let's go ahead and play those interviews. I'm here at CES in Las Vegas, and I'm excited to bring in Scott Newhouse, the Chief Engineer at Peterbilt. Thanks for joining, Scott. Thanks for having us. Now, the introduction of electric trucks has certainly been one of the more fascinating developments in our industry over the past few years. And uh, right now we're really in the testing phase with small numbers of fleets that are deploying these vehicles, really the first wave of test vehicles that are preparing for a, a broader launch. But what really needs to happen to pave the way for that broader commercial rollout of electric trucks? Well, I think a few things have to happen. Um, one, we need to continue to get some more miles, make sure that the technology proves out as strongly as we expect. We're getting a lot of that now, as you saw our announcement over 40,000 miles and getting a lot of good miles on even individual vehicles. Uh, so gaining that confidence is fantastic for us right now. I think the other thing is, is as we come out with pricing and, and uh, customers understand how, their how this technology will benefit them through their business and they can take those benefits versus the costs and understand their payback to make them more successful, I think those things will drive the technology forward. Um, it's not necessarily technology that will apply to all applications, but as you take a technology, like we, many of the technologies on our truck, um, proven benefits, that's what, that's what grows. Okay, and uh, here at CES, uh, PACCAR has this very nice spot right at the bottom of the monorail station, and uh, you do have a couple battery electric trucks on display here, including the uh, model 520 EV Peterbilt, uh, and that's a, a refuse truck. Peterbilt also has two other electric models as shown in the past. Uh, There's a tractor designed for regional haul and also a, a medium duty truck for urban delivery, pickup and delivery. Uh, what are the benefits of uh, those applications for electrification? Yeah, I think we're learning, continue to learn all the benefits of the applications. I think it's important to understand we're not just applying technology to these trucks. We're working with customers to understand what their specific market needs, pickup and delivery, regional haul, like you mentioned. And as we apply the, the technology, 
we see that there's those opportunities to get the benefits of again not just op not just quiet operation in those but efficiency cost efficiency potential maintenance benefits um, and those will be things that again will prove out as we continue to get more models okay so Scott when do you plan to begin series production of these vehicles and really start to hand them over to your customers in, in larger numbers I know you have uh, pilot customers that are uh, testing these vehicles now, but uh, when are you looking for that uh, broad rollout? Yeah, we'll start to see rollouts happening by the end of this year, um, specifically with our pickup and delivery model to 20 and then roll early into 2021 with our other products. Got it. And, you know, when you uh, consider that driver recruiting and driver retention, of course, are just such a high priority for, for motor carriers. Yeah, how do you think drivers are going to react to electric trucks? You know, it's a pretty select club at, at this point that has had a chance to get behind the wheel of one of these vehicles. Uh, do you think drivers are going to like them? And, and what are the early reactions you're hearing thus far? Well, I'll tell you, what I hear when I when uh, drivers come out of these trucks is, oh, that was fun. You know, <laughs> just the, the not, I don't think it's about the quietness, but the how smooth it is, the acceleration. Um, I think people really enjoy the way products are performing. Got it. And uh, you know, Peterbilt's sister company, Kenworth, has partnered with Toyota to develop hydrogen electric trucks. And you know, hydrogen fuel cell has become uh, you know, part of the conversation about zero emissions and electrification. Uh, that was the case at the North American Commercial Vehicle Show in Atlanta uh, late last year. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on the viability and potential for hydrogen fuel cell as part of the, the future of the industry? Well, I think the thing about hydrogen fuel cells, and we're learning more as we keep uh, developing that technology and getting more miles, like you mentioned. Um, there are probably two different uh, solutions to the different customer applications. And if you think about fuel cells providing opportunity for more of a longer range, for a BEV um, uh, technology is probably more regional. We can see those benefits. The other things you got to consider is how do those technologies fit on the uh, on the vehicle itself, the packaging on the vehicle, and and I think what's nice is having both options available for our customers. They can see what works best for them, works best for their vehicle spec, and what more importantly works best in their operations to make them successful. Got it. And we, when you look at the business case for electric trucks, at least in the near term. How important are government incentives or subsidies, tax breaks, things like that? Uh, and looking further out, what's the pathway toward business cases that, that truly stand on their own uh, and are, are comparable or perhaps even better than today's diesel trucks? Well, I think subsidies from the governments will help, just like any technology, get it out there sooner. Gives the customer an opportunity to take a less risk, get the technology on the road, prove out its benefits. So that is always helpful. I think as far as standing on its own, those are things that will continue to prove out over time. As people do run, they, they know how these technologies fit in their operation. Maybe they have to even modify their operation slightly to make them more successful. They'll see the cost benefits and then ultimately realize that any additional investment up front is beneficial. Yeah, and one new frontier for electric trucks, of course, is vehicle maintenance. And that's a big change. You know, if you look at the vehicle architecture of a, a battery electric truck versus a diesel truck, and it's a, really a, a whole new animal. Uh, so just how much of a learning curve do you see for maintenance shops and technicians to 
uh, learn you know this new vehicle type as it starts to, to make its way into the industry? Well, there would definitely be a learning curve, right? And I think you know technicians they understand electronics today, um, applying that more broadly to the powertrain as opposed to just from more of the, the cab and some of the electrical uh, accessories on the vehicle today. Um, that will be a bit of more of a curve. That would be the learning curve, and sure. there are different voltages that are things you'll have to be aware of. But I think you know we have very we have great technicians in our in our business today, and very sharp guys and with some education. I think they'll pick it up quick and be able to be very successful. You know, another big piece of the electrification puzzle is charging infrastructure, and for the you know, the early applications we're talking about, you know, urban pickup and delivery, short haul, refuse, uh, these vehicles are, will likely be charging at, at home base, you know, at, at truck terminals rather than out on the road searching for a, a charging station. Uh, so really, it's going to be important for trucking companies that want to move in this direction and, and have a, a fleet of EVs to really understand the right way to charge, uh, when to charge, you know, avoiding peak hours to uh, keep the overall electricity costs lower and, and make the operation uh, uh, cost effective. So how do you see fleets learning to manage that effectively? Well, I think, again, it goes a bit to education, understanding what are the capabilities of the charging systems out there, knowing how that applies within their area and within their business. So can you afford to have a less expensive charger that might take you more time to charge the truck? that might be the better solution as opposed to an operation that is more continually running. You may have to invest more, but that but you get that payback by having a fast charge gets the truck back out, making you money. So I think these are things, again, about education, learning how it applies to your application, and knowing what works best for you. Sure, and looking a, a little bit further out, uh, as we start to think about uh, applications that are more in, in regional and, and maybe even long haul someday, uh, what will it take to, to reach a point where uh, electrification, uh, maybe that's where, where hydrogen fuel cell comes in a little bit more, but what will it take to, to really have a, a long-haul electric truck uh, that makes sense when you consider, of course, the added weight and cost of the batteries, which cut, cut into payload capacity and, and the, of course, the range issue? Is that just going to rely on further innovation, cost reduction, new technology? Uh, what do you see as the path forward for Long haul. Well, I, I think the way I see that is, is, is from a technical side, I think we have some understanding of what that means. But more importantly, what you're really trying to do is, when it makes sense, that's the customer. The customer is going to decide what makes sense. And that's why us running the vehicles we're running today with both uh, fuel cell as well as just all electric, um, that's getting that feedback, and making sure we respond to feedback from our customers. Um, and, and applied technology. So they're going to be the ones making, uh, helping us know when it makes sense or not. Understood. And, you know, just uh, you know, one final uh, thought and, and question to leave you with. You know, I do think this is a really fascinating time in the history of our industry. You know, we see the emergence of electric and zero emission trucks. And it's great to look ahead to the future, especially here at a show like CES. But uh, what's a realistic expectation for how quickly electric will take hold in trucking? I mean, how much of the industry do you think will have moved toward electric vehicles in, say, 10 years and uh, 20 years? A crystal ball question to leave you with. Yeah, I got to say, that's a tough thing to answer, right? Because there are factors. One, proving the technology to be a great uh, business case, as well as regulation. Regulation does play a factor. So 
regulatory could increase the volumes very quickly just on its own. So I don't think I have any strong numbers to give you, but I will tell you about the interest we're getting from people right now about how they think it could fit in their, in their operation. And people not just saying I want one truck, but they want multiple trucks. Yeah. And I think if we prove out the technology the way we expect, it could grow into hundreds, uh, definitely hundreds to low thousands very quickly, and then see how it grows from there. All right, well, this will be very fascinating to watch, and I uh, really appreciate you taking the time, Scott. You know, appreciate your insights. Thank you. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Here at CES in Las Vegas, and I'm very excited to welcome Chris Nord, Senior Director of Advanced Vehicle Technology and Energy Products at Rider System. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate uh, the timing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the emergence of electric trucks has really been a big topic of discussion in the trucking industry over the past few years, and we see that reflected here at CES. Uh, you know, you look out in the plaza and uh, you know, Peterbilt and Kenworth are showcasing zero emission models. And uh, over at the Ryder booth, Nikola has a hydrogen electric truck on display. So I want to get your thoughts. Uh, what, what's Ryder's perspective on the potential for battery electric and hydrogen electric trucks? Well, we've seen a pretty significant uh, transition start to take place in the uh, consumer market uh, with regular vehicles, and we truly expect it to uh, go into the commercial sector uh, very soon, uh, starting with uh, smaller commercial vehicles, vans, smaller trucks, and then moving its way further up into the vehicle classes, uh, ending that obviously with Class 8 tractors. Okay. And what are your truck leasing customers telling you about electric trucks, uh, whether it's medium or heavy duty? Uh, are some of them interested in, in leasing those types of vehicles? Uh, and if so, does Ryder plan to acquire electric vehicles to serve that demand? Yeah, good question. So uh, all the customers are pretty much interested. Mm -hmm. uh, the question becomes, when does it make sense for them? And so part of our responsibility and job uh, is to make sure that we advise them of when their particular application mm -hmm. makes sense. And so again, starting with the smaller vehicle classes, uh, vans and smaller trucks, uh, specifically in certain types of applications, uh, are well suited already today. And so you have this um, inner city urban environment which, uh, based on today's larger cities, very congested, a lot of stop-and-go type uh, traffic situations, and that's really where electric vehicles shine. And it's also, funny enough, uh, exactly where internal combustion products don't do well. Mm -hmm. And so you have this perfect convergence between the newer technology internal combustion with all the after-treatment systems that create a very difficult operating environment inside of cities, which is exactly where electric vehicles do mm -hmm. so well. So uh, urban distribution, uh, commercial van, uh, getting into light, maybe medium-duty trucks, uh, you think is maybe the, the, the best uh, and maybe the first application that, that truly is, is really, really well suited. Yeah, absolutely. And so perfect examples is last-mile delivery, mm -hmm. uh, package delivery, uh, you know, just to name a few companies, uh, FedEx, UPS, DHL, Amazon have truly that perfect model to start converting vehicles, and we are starting to see them convert. A lot of announcements have been made lately, including here at CES, uh, about their plans for electrification. 
Yeah, and at this stage, uh, you know, part of the equation, of course, is the price, and, and there is a price premium for an electric truck uh, compared with a traditional diesel model. Uh, of course, it, it depends, you know, the, on application and, and uh, the vehicle's hype, but uh, for you know, medium and heavy truck, I mean, most of the early deployments have been in Southern California where there's government incentives. That's really emerged as sort of an incubation zone for some of this technology for, for commercial trucking. Uh, do you think that those types of incentives are going to be uh, required to make the business case work in those applications in the near term? Uh, or do you see a, a pathway uh, in fairly short order to get to a, a, a business case that uh, stands on its own without uh, government incentives? Right. So the incentives have served a really important role in accelerating uh, the companies going out there, creating new products, uh, and putting them into the marketplace. California is a great example of a state that's taken a leading role in uh, in aiding the market. And eventually that's not going to be needed. And I think that uh, it's something that may actually impede adoption. Uh, so it's great in the beginning, it'll taper off, um, but probably not for another few years, which, you know, in my opinion, fits really well with what we're seeing from a battery cost perspective and overall scale, which is really what's required in order to lower the cost of not just the batteries, which is what we talk about all the time, but every component, the drive motors, the inverters, and everything else that goes into creating a complete electric drivetrain. Well, let's talk about maintenance of electric trucks, and that really is a new frontier because uh, these vehicles are really just a very, it's just a very different type of vehicle compared with a uh, you know, a diesel truck with a, a internal combustion engine is so such a different animal. Uh, how steep is the learning curve for technicians and, and maintenance shops when you look at electric? You know, how much is going to how much learning and education and, and and training has to happen on that side? Right. And so, number one is safety. You know, you're dealing with a high voltage system that, if handled improperly, will lead to some very serious injuries, including death. And so that's that's the number one focus uh, in training our technicians. And uh, one of the great things that we're seeing is really an enthusiasm from the technicians in uh, learning and adopting these uh, electric vehicle products. Uh, it's it's a very hot topic, not just in the media, but also in in regards to uh, drivers and technicians. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's uh, actually been a very pleasant experience to roll out the training programs that we already have and are in the process of continuing to do across the country for various electric vehicle uh, platforms. Now, one of the interesting things that I see about the uh, the difficulty or the learning curve is that in the beginning it's going to take our more advanced technicians to be able to help support the diagnosing of the vehicles uh, as opposed to the actual swapping of parts, which is fairly simple. In the future, uh, when we start really interpreting the data coming off of the vehicle itself, we're going to be able to very quickly be able to know what is wrong with the vehicle, perhaps even before it arrives at the shop. This means that we'll be able to have lower skilled technicians or younger technicians be able to deal with these vehicles uh, without any problems, even to the point where they will go grab the right part for the vehicle before it even arrives. Transport topics in one word, authoritative. Knowledge, outstanding. Reliable. We ask Transport Topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. 
authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes. <laughs> well, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. Of course, diesel trucks have, have evolved over the years and uh, new emission systems and new technologies. And, you know, the job of the, the maintenance technician now is, is, has become very high tech. And, you know, a laptop and, and is, is one of your key tools now. It's not just a, just a wrench. Um, so you can imagine where it's going with, with electric vehicles. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, vehicle charging. You know, if you're going to operate a fleet of electric vehicles, it, you do need to, to plan carefully when you charge them uh, so you avoid peak charges. I mean, this is all part of the uh, return on investment calculation. Uh, how do you see fleets managing that aspect of operation, making sure that they're charging a fleet of vehicles or those vans or trucks uh, in an optimal way at the right time to make it cost effective? Right. And this is really key in order to make the total cost of ownership equation work for uh, a company converting to EVs. Uh, as an example, in California, you have uh, four times the cost of electricity during certain hours in comparison to nighttime. So it becomes really important to have the right software capabilities to manage all that because you don't want it to be a manual process where you wait until the right time and then you plug the vehicle in. And so we are really excited about uh, a partnership that we've made and announced here at CES which is together with ABB and InCharge. And the key here is that they're going to be supporting our customers in installing, maintaining the charging infrastructure for the vehicles that we are going to be leasing to them, uh, as well as all those software controls that you mentioned uh, in order to optimize your electric vehicle operation. Yes, yeah, a lot to manage, and uh, you know, certainly anything, any tools and software that, that fleets could have to uh, try to manage that you know, new process is going to be important. And I also want to ask you about electric charging stations beyond the, the home terminal. You know, we, we talk about application, and of course, the uh, the nearest term applications are you know the, the urban distribution, the short haul, where the vehicle is probably going to be you know, returning to the terminal and charging there. Uh, but if you look a little bit further in the future, uh, if, if electric tr trucks will eventually work in, in regional and long-haul applications, they'll need places to charge. They'll need charging infrastructure. Um, do you see that uh, coming down the line? Um, and what are the challenges there? Uh, yeah, there's plenty of challenges. Uh, so these, uh, these high-powered charging stations are quite expensive. And so you need to uh, have them occupied for a significant portion of the day in order to make right. financial sense of it. And so you're probably not going to see that being built out to a great extent uh, soon uh, because really the return to base operation is what's going to be driving most of the uh, probably first 10 years of EV adoption. Uh, and this is where, you know, you start talking about hydrogen as an option instead. Mm -hmm. And we're very happy to have uh, Nicola uh, with us in our booth here at CES uh, displaying their Nikola 2 vehicle, which is a hydrogen-based electric vehicle. So the drivetrain is basically the exact same as an mm -hmm. electric vehicle. It does have batteries. Uh, it has electric uh, motors. But basically, it stores electricity in the form of hydrogen, which it will run through a fuel cell in order to create electricity. 
So that's what replenishes the, that smaller battery pack in order to create a much longer range uh, vehicle, even in that class eight uh, yeah. category. And that you know, the fuel cell essentially acts as a as a range extender for you know an electric vehicle. Uh, it gets around you know some of the, the obvious limitations with today's technology uh, with a battery electric vehicle uh, with the range. Uh, so that's that's some, certainly something that we've seen uh, garner some more attention. You know, even at the uh, North American Commercial Vehicle Show uh, late last year, uh, there was a lot of talk about hydrogen as an option uh, moving forward for trucking. Um, but uh, before I let you go, um, Chris, I, I do want to get your best estimates for just how quickly you think electric trucks could become commonplace in our industry. Uh, just give me maybe snapshots of uh, you know your best guesses as to where we'll be in, in five years, ten years, and twenty years. We all know that's a crystal ball question, but uh, what do you see in the crystal ball? Yeah, so I see specific niche markets ad- adapting and adopting. Excuse me. Uh, electric vehicles very quickly. An example of that is the uh, the garbage industry, which very quickly converted from diesel to natural gas. Right. And that is, again, the perfect application for electric vehicles because of this stop-and-go uh, environment. And so uh, you're going to see last-mile delivery vehicles. Uh, you're going to see uh, potentially garbage trucks, school buses, municipal buses, and they're going to adopt very quickly. Uh, but overall trucking, you know, making blanket statements, it's going to take a very long time. Uh, and I don't see it as one of these scenarios where it's going to completely rule out diesel vehicles. It has a specific, perfect uh, application, and it's different than diesel. Yeah. So the two technologies are truly complementary to each other. And that is going to be the overall equation is going to be many different types of technology solutions in order to fit each niche market. Uh, and that's how we're going to uh, reduce the overall greenhouse gas emissions of the transportation industry in the country. Well, it'll be very fascinating to, to watch this all develop and, and see new fuel types and new vehicle types uh, begin to enter the, the market and larger numbers uh, alongside the the diesel trucks that, of course, will continue to evolve and improve uh, as well. Uh, I do think that's a a good place to to leave it, but I really appreciate your your insights, Chris. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Seth. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a Transport Topics special report. In 2019, we produced two. One, on the rising tide of electric trucks that are promising to reshape how goods are moved down the road. We also examined trends in trucking and insurance, with particular focus on how new technologies help motor carriers eliminate risk and how this is influencing insurers' underwriting practices. I'm Joe Howard, Executive Editor here at Transport Topics, and I invite you to learn more about our special reports and reserve your copy of the next one at ttn.ws special. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. How and where will the first wave of electric trucks be deployed in the commercial transportation industry? And what are the obstacles that early adopters will need to overcome? As we've heard from our guests, there's no one-size-fits-all approach for electrification. That's because the trucking industry includes so many different applications with their own unique characteristics and requirements. In the near term, the operations best suited to electrification are urban pickup and delivery, port drayage, and refuse operations. 
At least in the beginning, electric trucks will most likely see gradual adoption as fleets learn more about this new breed of vehicle, including how to maintain them and recharge them in a cost-effective way. The road ahead for electric trucks is a long one, but it's becoming increasingly clear from the investments made by OEMs, suppliers, and innovators that this new segment of the commercial truck market will be an important part of our industry's future. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. We'll continue the conversation about trucking technology in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.